Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD Pharaohs Group, where I get a chance to speak to thought leaders, senior engineering leaders, um, just basically senior people within the technology world and the STEM world to find out a bit about their story, um, and talk about topics that are really prevalent in their world, and that all-important career advice at the end for the many young listeners uh, listening to the podcast. As always, the podcast is supported by the STEM Ambassador Association, and it's shared across uh, their many channels, along with our Spotify and website. So really, really pleased to have Dan Smart with me today. Dan is uh, one of an engineering manager at Booking.com, and I don't think there's many people listening to the podcast who don't know who Booking.com are, but what's lovely is from expanding from initially being from the hotel side, they are now the global experience marketplace um, and have had phenomenal growth over the past uh, five or 10 years. So Dan, without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So let's jump straight in and just tell us a bit more about your story. Uh, cool. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll start with the my, my current position. Uh, of engineering manager at booking.com. I primarily look at the test side of things and uh, I focus in the partners and affiliate programs. So booking.com is is a site within itself, but also if airlines want to have an affiliate site or they want to have an affiliate rental cars offering, they can come to us and we'll custom make a website and, and all of that. Uh, basically just kind of reskinning our own site. So I look after teams that look after the quality side of things. Are things up to the booking.com standard? Are things up to uh, the functionality that we would expect from our own sites? We, we pour in that much quality and effort into our affiliate sites as well. Um, so from there, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. A very good place to start. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, you know, you can tell by the accent. I grew up in in the U.S. I grew up in Chicago. Um, I went to the University of Iowa, and, and I actually have an engineering degree. Uh, but my my engineering degree is in bioinformatics. I, I was really into genetics as, as a kid and and computers because I would get home from school, go play computer games, uh, and so I figured uh, something that married up those two interests, computers. Uh, and genetics sounded really interesting to me. And so I went through that uh, four-year degree and that was enough for me. Uh, by the end of it, uh, I actually swore off computers. I'm done with technology, I've had enough. Um, and I went on this great adventure. I first moved to Edinburgh, Scotland shortly after university. Um, and I started working in a, an implant fabrication lab. And so I, I wet lab stuff you know, quite funnily, still quality side. So we were testing the samples coming out of the production, uh, which was quite interesting. Uh, and I was looking after the tooling uh, that we used, the various instruments, and, and how do we make sure that those were up to scratch? Those were of quality tools, of quality pieces that were meeting the medical grade expectations that we would need for an implant. Um, Unfortunately, that job only lasted 10 months because it got bought out by somebody bigger who wanted the name. So I got made redundant. Uh, so I was back to square one looking for looking for work, looking for work in engineering. Um, 
which is actually what brought me to Manchester. They were the first ones hiring. As gorgeous as the city of Edinburgh is, Manchester, Manchester was paying better. So I moved to Manchester and started working as an engineer on oil and gas systems. Uh, so I was configuring the systems for the various pipeline projects, uh, and then we would go on site, install the database, install the systems, install the software to be looking for leak detection, to be looking at future modeling of, okay, what if we put a branch 50 kilometers down in the middle of this pipe uh, and stuff like that. So it was actually kind of fun. It was very technical. And that's where I fell into testing. <laughs> I, uh, I went up to the head of dev. I have a problem with this piece of software. How, who do I need to talk to? Okay, I'll write it now. He wrote it down. The next week. Hey, can we fix this piece of software? Can we fix this piece of software? I found another issue. I found, I, to the point, I was given my own dev here. Talk to him with all your issues and improvements, and he'll fix them for you. Uh, so I guess long story short, I annoyed my way into testing and, and into software testing um, because I just found so many issues and you know. It was thanks to the engineering degree. It was thanks to, to the understanding of, I mean, I'm going to say fluid dynamics, and that's going to sound really nerdy, but it's, I mean, it's going to sound really nerdy if, if I said it broke down into really low-level concepts, but um, nerd alert. Uh, and yeah, so I was given my own dev, and the results of that dynamic were great, to the fact that the, the head of dev that I was complaining to then recruited two other engineers to help two other developers. So we had our own mini dev test team collaborative sitting together, talking together, working, working with uh, work, working together, stand-ups, you know, sunsets in the morning, in stand-ups in the morning, sunsets in the evening to talk about the day's progress, to talk about uh, the success of the day and, and what we need to work on tomorrow uh, and stuff like that. And here's me falling back into technology and computers because it just clicked. And uh, I guess it, it was quite interesting because through university and even though it was a computer heavy course, it was always coding, coding, coding. So now here's another role in computers that's not coding heavy yet. Uh, once once we hit some great strides in that first dev test team, I found automated testing. So then I started coding my own tests to be running by themselves. Um, and it's been many, many years since I worked for that company, but um, I ran into somebody who was there and they're like, you're that damn smart. I've been running your tests. I'm like, they're still running? <laughs> I, I was very surprised that they had that that stability and longevity. Uh, I guess from there, I, I moved on to different companies throughout Manchester. Manchester's a great tech hub. Um, and a lot of people, especially a lot of people outside of Manchester, you know, we're talking London, the South, Leeds, don't necessarily see Manchester as a tech hub, but a lot of big companies. Booking.com, BBC, Auto Trader are locating 
in Manchester. Uh, I mean, cost of living, transport links, everything. It, it, it's the perfect storm for, for the new tech hub outside of London. So um, Manchester has a lot of technology companies. So I moved from various company to company. So I've done systems on the oil and gas system. I've worked for companies doing betting systems, high finance um, and insurance. I didn't know you can insure a satellite, but this company did. And I was working on some of the systems and the contact center systems for who do you call to, to make a claim against your satellite? Mm -hmm. um, but they were handled all sorts of insurance, um, banking, mortgages, intraday banking, worked on systems like that. Uh, and just kind of moving from strength to strength within testing and, and growing my growing my career, looking at different aspects of, of testing, because it's not just sitting in front of a computer, clicking a button, the login works, tick. The logout works, tick. We, we could be looking at, okay, so this login function takes five minutes. How do we make, how do we make the software faster? So, so performance testing, uh, automated testing, how do we run that by themselves? And just moving from different technology aspects of testing um, and, and moving up in the world of testing. Uh, and uh, kind of how I ended up at booking. Now I'm an engineering manager looking after the testing of the uh, affiliate, the partner and affiliate programs. So uh, I guess that's that's my big story is just working my way around Manchester and, and finding uh, finding Booking.com, which then they also cultured and supported me to do public speaking as well. So now I'm helping the next generation. I'm helping the community uh, because I'm talking, I've talked at various testing uh, meetup groups. There's a lot of meetup groups. There's a lot of community within the tech uh, realm within Manchester as well. And they were very supportive uh, personally, or they'll, they'll, they, they have supported the events and paid for the pizza and, and beverages uh, and hosted it in their building. So, so they wanted to build not just their own brand, not just their own community. They wanted to support the Manchester community. So uh, funnily enough, I got into public speaking as well. Oh, amazing. But what a story. And thank you for that openness, because it is, it's, it's just so interesting to hear how one, how it, it, there isn't always just one route, is there? In fact, many people should just experience life, try different things. And, and although you may come back to your fundamentals, you um, that that breadth of experience really does help you hone in 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 a much wider skill set. I always feel exactly. There's so many different roles in technology, but universities primarily focus on developers. Uh, courses pretty much focus on developers. Uh, you, you know, even before universities, but you've got developers, you've got testers. Okay. So there's a kind of two technology roles, but then you've got product owners and business analysts who look at requirements and what are the customers asking for? What, what are the limitations or capabilities of our systems and how do we find the connection between those and optimize our systems? You've got designers and user experience experts looking at is the website pretty? Does it work? Is it intuitive? Nowadays, everybody uses websites. So if it's 
there's a lot of friction. If it's not intuitive, people are going to go to your competitor. And so yeah. there, there's a lot of different aspects and, and it's not just technology positions. There's a lot of soft, soft skills and leadership positions within technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I totally agree with you. And so moving on, we had a nice chat just before we started the podcast, thinking about cyber and how prevalent that is at the moment. And as I talked to you a bit about in your world, you know, just how important cybersecurity is. Cybersecurity is very important. And it, it, it's gotten, it's piqued my interest very much uh, uh, to the point where I've not only attended test conferences, I've attended cybersecurity conferences and as much and as exciting the the offensive security is watching the hackers do do their thing for legal and above board purposes of course uh, my interest in cybersecurity is about talking to the teams working with the teams enabling and empowering the teams to be able to recognize that a code is vulnerable to to be able to fix their stuff before it gets out there wild, before we even let the vulnerabilities go out the door, let the teams make their code stronger. So there's several soft skills uh, and design level activities that we can be doing, talking to each other about, and even some base level testing of, of the cyber aspects of functionality. Yeah, and, and how have you been embedding that within your teams then? Uh, it's, it's been going into the teams. It's, it's been talking about their ways of working. It's been talking about have they thought about their processes. Uh, there's one process. Uh, it's called threat modeling. It's a design phase activity. Now, granted, if there's something already in the wild, we can do a threat model on an existing system. Um, and it, it's looking at, it's thinking about how customers, how people are going to use the system, but also what about misuse what about full-on abuse so you know then in that case we're talking hackers but sometimes uh, somebody who doesn't understand the system could accidentally i mean drop a table uh in the database could accidentally do something uh it may not be malicious it may be accidental or just ignorant but if we think about the protections we can put in place now then that accident won't happen. So we're yeah. protecting ourselves before it's out the door, before somebody trips over something and the system goes down. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 basically being proactive and and, and having that mindset of of thinking about every opportunity that could go wrong to then navigate it to ensure it doesn't. And I can imagine with a company the size of Booking.com and with your part of the business, it's you know, if, if a system goes down for a day or an hour, even it's it's pretty pretty catastrophic. Yes, yes, we we've got monitoring and alerting in place to to let us know if if something's happening, so we can react quickly and, and fix it before it. You know, there's always the bottom line to think about, so we can keep the bookings flowing, but also to keep the customer experience high and to keep people coming back. Yeah, yeah. And so having worked um, across a number of different businesses, as you said, and, and I, again, I totally agree with you about Manchester being a technology hub. You know, it's, it's, um, uh, there's a so much wonderful investment that goes there. Um, 
Working across a variety of companies, what stands out for you from your career in regards to culture? What are the best companies that you've worked in and what what, what made them attractive for you to want to work for them? They, they support me and my goals, but also, um, yeah, no, let me go back to that. They support me and my goals, even if it means switching teams, switching roles, that the manager looks at me as an individual and goes, okay, you know, you want to go to management or you want to go to become a business analyst and they support the training, they support kind of the, the, the transfer and the giving that time to, to learn, to grow, which I suppose that, that's it, that, you know, supporting the learning and the growth opportunities, not just this is your job, do your job uh, type siloing. Um, and they like to have fun. Uh, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that it's nine to five. You you show up, you do your work, you go home, you collect your paycheck at the end of the month, and there, there's no impromptu lunches out. Um, there, there's no celebrations. There's no um, there's no fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so a company that actually looks at both. Uh... Not, not not only the the investment in you as an individual and, and allowing people to express themselves and 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 further develop but yeah you're right the, the fun to to think about culture and how to keep people engaged and build those relationships and so moving on to the last part then and i'm thinking about many of our young people are you know just always wondering the one of the most common questions we get is how do i stand out how do i get that foot in the door from from you being, you know, taking that step, moving from the States to, to Scotland and then down to Manchester, what what advice can you give to, to those young people to, to be able to stand out, to get that fit in the door? Uh, so, so first off, I'd get some practical experience while at university, because that's going to let you know what, what it's like in the real world and what you actually want to do. Uh, because it's going to show you office culture. Hopefully you get real world experience in a few different places so that you find the place that that fits for you, but also find a place that will let you have a view of the other roles. At university, it was really just this development role that I had exposure to, but you know, I, I, I wish I knew then and I could have probably could have started my career sooner if I knew that there was these other roles within tech, within tech. And so find somewhere that gives you a breadth of experience as well, uh, so that you can find out, is it development? Is it testing? Is it design? Stuff like that. Yeah, 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 fantastic. And I, I really agree with it. Getting that practical experience um, will always, always help. I thought of one other thing that would re that really makes candidates stand out is learning how to to speak to people and learning how to listen to people uh you know active listening skills and uh confidence in talking to different roles as well Lear learning how to take a complex technical topic and break it down to any non-technical role any management or leadership role would also make everybody 
anybody stand out uh, against the crowd because not a lot of people spend the time and the soft skills learning learning to speak to one another or learning to actively listen and digest information. Yeah, and, and, and again, what another great point. So learning those soft skills and you're never too young to, to, to practice communication and the soft skills and the ability to, as you say, break down technical um, complex theories or, or, or problems into, into, well, we call it layman's terms in, in, uh, in the non-tech world. Um, so, well, Dan, thank you. What, what a great piece of advice. And your story, um, I always think it's so interesting meeting people who have taken not only the, the, the step to try different careers, but also move countries and, and experience different cultures. It sort of, it, it really builds that sort of ability to be able to um, relate to more people and, and really, really be able to um, build those relationships, which I think across the world is, is, is something we need right now. So, um, so let, thank you for your time. How have you found the podcast? No problem. I, I mean, I've, I've been talking about myself, one of my favorite topics, um, <laughs> but I, I also enjoy imparting knowledge and helping that next generation. Um, you know, I've, I've done the public speaking bit before, and it's something that I really enjoy, really enjoy talking about and helping other people get that foot up. And, and hopefully yeah. we can drag the entire community up one step at a time by sharing the experiences, sharing the knowledge, sharing the insight. So I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dan. And what a great way to finish. So to everyone listening, that's another episode of our Future Tech podcast series. And as I mentioned at the beginning, it's shared across our STEM Ambassador Association links, um, as well as on our website and um, on LinkedIn. So once more, thank you to Dan. And for everyone, that's another episode of Future Tech. Take care.